0: Welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here with episode 66.
1: Discovering joy amidst hard times, which we needed.
0: Oh, man, don't we? Golly. We really do. I
1: was literally, so you told me what you were talking about, and I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously the most recent is Uvalde, Texas, the school shooting. And then I was like, in Ukraine and the like economy and like it just in my brain it just kind of kept yeah. spiraling I, I, and it's
0: i don't shouldn't even bring it up because i don't know the details of it yet but i just heard this morning there's another mass shooting not as many people but i think it was four people it's still like it's like
1: my goodness i can't i'm it's
0: yeah. a lot of it is it feels heavy right now Yeah, and it's weird because we're going in the summertime. You know, kids just got out of school last week. It feels like it would be this light, kind of fun summery time—Memorial Day, Fourth of July, all this stuff. But man, it's it's just kind of heavy right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, truly, it's it's. I know in general the world and news is kind of just feels like that. But man, there's something about the past few months where it's like moms can't feed their babies formula and people can't afford to drive places because the gas is through the roof. Like it just feels really daunting. So I think we all need this discovering joy.
0: Yeah, because it's possible. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's... um, And it doesn't mean that
1: you're not being reverent about the things that are happening, you know, but it just, you you can't live in it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Um, what we have been living in, though, is the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard trial, Mm. which at the time of this recording, the verdict just came out yesterday, um, which if you're not familiar, um, which I'm sure everyone in this world is familiar at this point, um, but Johnny Depp essentially was suing his ex-wife for defamation um, because she kind of came out as a um, victim of... Was it sexual abuse or domestic abuse? I think it was all both. of it. Probably both. Um, but anyway, it in Johnny Depp's eyes was untrue, so he took her to court, and um, it was a two. Was it two months?
0: I don't know. It was a I long time. I think it time. was two months. Of I didn't. I know some people followed it like life. like the OJ trial. Like they followed it like every day. Yeah, it was live on YouTube.
1: It. Yeah, you could watch everything. And anyway, I think it was like a two months total of like case like court um which is just nuts but it's been really fascinating to watch
0: so i I didn't i just saw highlights on the news from time to time i didn't actually watch any of it obviously lots of people dedicated tons of hours to this case right is there any Mm -hmm. takeaway whatsoever
1: from the case, yeah,
0: from the whole thing. I mean, he he sure. won. I guess was awarded. So yeah, he was money. he
1: won. He won like I think fifteen million dollars in the defamation suit. She won about two million, I think, because she was able to prove that the lawyers were trying to hurt her career with some of the you know kids. Yeah. But um, none of the domestic abuse was proven to be true, um, and so there was I guess no evidence for it. But anyways, I think ultimately, if you know, if the verdict that came out is absolutely true, Um, then I think that there's just the whole lesson of there's two sides to every story.
0: Yeah. Um, We've said that so many times on this podcast and it's true. It's like, I'm always shocked mm -hmm. when somebody, you know, tell their story and everybody goes all in assuming that that's the truth. And that's exactly what happened. They don't ask questions. No.
1: They don't ask questions. And Mm -hmm. you know, like I think especially in a circumstance where you have a woman coming forward saying she was the, you know, a victim of domestic abuse, you, you kind of feel terrible being like, oh, that's not true. You know, like you feel bad. Yeah, so you yeah, just kind of want to sure. trust them because you know that's a hard thing to even admit sometimes. Um, so there are certain cases that do feel hard to even like <laughs> encounter with any sort of yeah. like skepticism. And if she, but,
0: if she did make it all up for attention or whatever, then man, that's terrible. That's terrible. Because of what it also does for, for true the victims. true
1: victims, yeah.
0: I mean, the whole thing, you know, it's... I don't know. I, I have people all the time who'll send me DMs and stuff thinking they know my story because they've yeah. read something online from some yeah. very non you know <laughs> credible source. source. And I'm like, you, wait, you you didn't yeah, leave with me about a question? My story. Like yeah, yeah t- I I kinda lived it. I kinda know how it went down. Uh that's yeah. nothing close. So yeah. but people just hear something they just assume it's they true. They just believe that's it. That's a great yeah. takeaway. That's good, Jordan.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I it it makes me just more aware because I'm very guilty of that, especially when you don't know the people. You just assume. You hear something on the news. You're like, yep. And then I'm reminded. I'm like, you know what? The story I tell my mom about my divorce is probably very different than the story my ex tells his friends. You know? So it's like, in some way, shape, or form, no matter what side you're getting, you're probably not getting the full truth. So I think just having (laughs) that awareness is just kind of good to to keep in top of mind. So yeah. yay for Johnny Depp if, you know, I think that was awesome. And his career now is like blowing yeah, up, which is awesome for him. For him. So good for him. go Pirates of the Caribbean. That's you awesome.
0: got a big weekend coming up.
1: I do. Well, yeah.
0: Your first solo out-of-town trip with Pepper.
1: Yeah. So Pepper's now 10 months. Um, and so up until now, I've driven probably like a total of an hour by myself with her in one direction. And the only reason that's a big deal is just because, She gets so bored and restless and just, she'll just start to cry. She's not one of those that instantly falls asleep. You still sit
0: in the back seat with her when we're traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. When we go to Georgia or travel anywhere, I sit back there to just entertain her and she's totally fine. But when she feels like she's staring at the back of a car, a a seat, and, you know, babies are reversed, so you can't even see me, um, yeah, she just does not do well. But, anyways, I am like going to rig up my car and somehow find a way to play Coco Melon and, All of her entertainment safely, but I got to, I got to do something because it's about a little over two hours, which again, not a huge deal. I'm taking a baby step. Like I'm not going all the way to Georgia by myself, but you have a big boys weekend. Y'all are going to, yeah,
0: we're going to do a boys weekend this weekend. I can't wait. Yeah. I don't know what all we're going to do. Play tennis during the tennis. Yeah. So it's going to be fun.
1: Lots of tennis farm. Movies. Yep.
0: Well, you just remember the talk that we're about to have about joy while <laughs> right. you're driving the Chad with like, the screaming screw baby. Uh, okay, so let me tell you why we're going to talk about this topic today. Uh, today's June 2nd, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it comes out today. There's a new documentary that followed. So several years back, uh, Desmond Tutu and um, the Dalai Lama got together. For three or four days worth of talks about joy. So, two guys from very different backgrounds. Yeah, can you
1: explain who they are? I mean, obviously, most people. Desmond
0: Tutu was a Christian leader, right? Um, And then Dalai Lama comes from, is a Buddhist, right? Buddhist monk. So, um, two very different religious backgrounds, but. They really tried to focus, my understanding of their relationship is they tried to focus on what they had in common, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. They both went through some really, really difficult times uh, throughout their life, dealt with so much. And so uh, somebody recorded their talks and were allowed to videotape all this, and they're releasing a new documentary that's coming out that's called uh, Mission Joy. Cool. And it comes out today. I think it streams on Facebook and probably YouTube. And uh, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen the bumper for it. And even that was pretty cool. That's cool. To see those two just legends together.
1: So uh, Dalai Lama is alive. Yes, and Desmond, Desmond Tutu, Tutu is not. Is not. No. Okay, he
0: recently passed away, which also makes this documentary I was gonna say, that
1: makes it kind of cool. kind of cool.
0: really cool. Yeah. But you know, when you talk about the difference, a lot of people talk about the difference between joy and happiness and they're two very different things, right? And for the most part, the probably the most common trait that dis, that's distinctive trait about the two is people would say happiness is is based on external. Joy is based on it's internal. internal right? Happiness is fleeting. It's quick. It's based on the circumstance. Joy can be something that's actually developed and something you can live with despite that what your circumstances it, yeah. might be. And and that's why I think joy is so important because the reality is we don't have control over our circumstances. We don't have control over what happens in, in a a lot of these situations that break our heart, Mm -hmm. whether it's in the Ukraine or whether it's a mass shooting here in the U.S. or, you know, your circumstances or the economy, another great example. All these things, and part of what brings about, I think, so much grief from all these things is that it's a reminder that we're not in control. You can't
1: control it. Like, how do you stop these things from happening when you feel like you can't? Yeah.
0: And joy is something that can be sustained in both positive and negative circumstances. And so I I think that's really key. So this documentary, uh, they they talk about four strategies, if you will, that they observed from these two men and the talks that they had around the topic of joy. So I'm taking this documentary. I don't know how long it is. My guess is a couple hours, and kind of distilling it down into five minutes, basically, uh, of these these four things that uh, I think are, you know, so so key. The, the lady's name, by the way, is Peggy Callahan. She's the one who did this documentary, okay. and also the one that kind of. Put this this article together. Um, the reason they got together, I thought this was cool, was uh, they were celebrating the Dal- Dalai Lama's um, birthday. He is he was turning eighty. Wow! So these two guys got together for these this couple day retreat uh, in India to celebrate hmm. his birthday. So I thought that was that's cool. cool. Yeah. So four key strategies that they talked about that kind of emerged from their their talks. The first one was connection. Talking about how do you develop joy? Right, that can withstand the most difficult of circumstances. The first thing was connection. And in the film, what you'll see is Archbishop Tutu and the Dalai Lama constantly smiling, constantly kind of reaching out to, to grab each other's hands. There's a scene I saw in the, in the promo where uh, he literally reaches out and tickles them. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> so awkward. It, it was kind of weird. It's like, wait, these two like spiritual legends, you know, it's being Tickling goofy. each other. <laughs> Apparently, like they were just really goofy. These two spiritual leaders, one Christian, one Buddhist, really experienced. And I, I guess this had been going on for some time, this deep connection with each other. Mm. And they talk about the need for connection. First and foremost, connection with people. Right That there's a joy that comes with a connection from one human being to another, mm-hmm. that that being important, but they also talk about that it's possible to have that kind of connection with nature, yeah, and that kind of makes sense because the you. Bible talks a lot about God communicating through his creation, and that's like you said, that's me that's mm-hmm. I, I feel deep joy and a connection to God when I'm out in nature,
1: yeah, you do, do you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think it's if I'm in a like stunning place, it's easier. (laughs) Like just going for a walk, I don't really as much. Um, I feel more connected, like more just energized and joyful with around people i think but yeah i mean nature of course is is a really cool connector
0: and i think that this really came up if you look back at covid when people were so isolated yes and they talked about just the mental health crisis that came from that it makes sense you know when when you don't there were certain things like a lot of people went to church online right Mm -hmm. but now you talk to the same people who are now back in person and they're like hey we're grateful that it existed online and we could watch that but it's very different because you didn't have that human connection right. that that you have when things are back in person
1: it's interesting when you think about covid and that point being connection with people um, or with nature covid ignited both like took away people and people had to go to nature
0: Yep, you know what i mean that's right. like that's
1: when people started traveling in vans and that's when people started like playing in parks and really like fulfilling that void in the other way
0: yeah I think people have always traveled in vans. It just wasn't popular. (laughs) Right, true. (laughs) Now now it became... Everyone did it. Yeah, Yeah. now it became really popular. (laughs) So yeah, connection. So that was kind of that that first foundational block, if you will, uh, of developing joy in your life despite the circumstances. And we've all experienced Mm -hmm. that when you go through something difficult... If you are deeply connected to another person, it doesn't necessarily change the circumstance, but it sure changes the way you experience that circumstance or you experience the grief or you experience Mm -hmm. the suffering when you have that deep connection.
1: Oh, yeah. It's so much more isolating, obviously, when you're by yourself, and I think that's when you really can spiral.
0: So, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So connection. Second thing with spiritual practice. Uh, The Dalai Lama and the Archbishop Tutu have been able to, according to this documentary, Continually opened their hearts to joy because of the deep commitment to meditation and prayer that they both had, and uh, I, I, the Dalai Lama meditates for four hours every morning. So that's Jeez. that's great, four hours every morning. And it said he's old
1: though he can sit there. For yeah, long yeah. Time.
0: It said that uh, Desmond Tutu got up pretty much every morning at four a.m. and the first thing he dedicated himself to was was prayer. Mm. I, I think it's interesting. The producer of this, Peggy Callahan, said this. She said, being able to spend that internal time and quiet time actually helped them be more available and more open to others when they were with them. And so I, I think that's that's incredible and, and a great reminder. Whatever your spiritual practice looks like, taking that time for prayer, taking that time for meditation, taking that time to just be mindful, really sets you up to then be present when, you're, when you are with people.
1: Because mm. you're full of yourself.
0: That's right. Yeah. In a good way.
1: I didn't say full of yourself. I said full yourself. <laughs> oh, 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 I know it sounded okay. like that. As soon as I said that, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're full. Your cup is full so that you can pour into others.
0: Yeah. So connection, um, spiritual practice that they were doing on a regular basis. Uh, again, I would even added that a gratitude list. Mm-hmm. As you know, I talk about that all the time because it's been so life-changing for me. But the third foundational piece was authenticity. And it said, uh, she said, if, if you watch the documentary, you'll see this, that uh, the two of them, when they were unhappy, you knew it. And when they were happy, you knew it. Mm, that's and, cool.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense.
0: And that, that authenticity and being real about what you're feeling is a part of joy, mm-hmm. which is, that's interesting, because you think if you want to develop joy, then you would want to kind of stuff down those negative feelings or those sad things mm-hmm. and, what she's saying is that for the two of them, they never did that, and that when we try to hide onto our negative feelings, uh, she says it blocks our energy. That you know their their deep meditation practice gave them what psychologists refer to as the permission to feel, to to be in touch with generally what you're feeling, and for many of us. I think in a pursuit of happiness, we actually try to numb so many of our negative feelings. And not only do we not really experience happiness, we also definitely never really develop joy.
1: Right. It's almost like if you've never, if you don't allow yourself to feel those negative things, the traumas, the griefs, all those things, then you really can never feel the joy either. Yeah. Which is very, it doesn't make, like when you say it out loud, you're like, that doesn't make sense. But it really, experience would tell you that that is true.
0: Yeah. And if every time you experience something negative, whether it's firsthand or something on the news, which is inter- I, I, I don't really want to go down this road. But I, I think it's important to note when you think about like the difficult things we're all experiencing right now, like the mass shootings, all that stuff, you know, I, I, news like that didn't exist 100 years ago. You didn't know about all those kind of events happening. Mm-hmm. You would have never known about what was going on in Ukraine 100 150 years ago. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you only experience the sadness uh, from personal experiences of things happening around you, or maybe right. even a little bit locally, right? Mm-hmm. But you didn't have this constant onslaught of information that you're being bombarded with. Right. And so in our culture today, if every time you experience something negative, something sad, something hurtful, if, if you're trying to numb that, man, that's going to lead to all kinds of addiction right. because you're going to be experiencing that kind of negativity and that kind of hurt and pain almost daily.
1: Yeah, it's not saying you can't feel those things. It's saying you need to feel those things yes. and allow yourself to like grieve through them so that you can continue to be a real person. That's right. <laughs> you know, cause otherwise you just end up as this numb robot. And like you said, you can't actually feel happiness when it, when that time comes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think for, for me, this, the authenticity that, that strategy out of the four was the most surprising to me. And when I probably didn't just you wouldn't think, think, think about,
1: it. yeah. Yeah, that's really good.
0: But I, I love to hear that they were very real; they're very authentic about everything that they felt.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so good. Okay, I like it. Uh, and then
0: the fourth one was finding meaning, which that, that's kind of a given. But and, and a lot has been written about and talked about this. But both the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Tutu had tremendous difficulties throughout their life. The Archbishop experienced poverty, polio, tuberculosis as a child. Um, then the, you know, the suffering from the South African uh, apartheid, the Dalai Lama was forced to flee his life when the Chinese occupied Tibet and he's been in exile for 50 years. Like, I mean, these aren't two people who just everything worked out great for them all the way through their life. They went Mm -hmm. through some serious difficulties and what they say though is that they found meaning in their service to other people. And finding meaning in their service to other people is what got them through those really difficult times and allowed them to continue to develop joy.
1: Mm So are they saying that you have to find meaning in service to others or you just have to find meaning in your life, period, like purpose? and. I,
0: I think it's purpose is, is what you got to find. They found theirs through the service through the of, service, of other people. I, I personally, I think that's, I find my deepest purpose in life mm-hmm. through the service of other people. But there are other purposes, right, right? that yeah. you could find. But having a purpose, having a meaning to your life allows you to interpret the difficulties, and and, and allows there to be Mm -hmm. some purpose to the pain.
1: Right, right.
0: If you think that you're suffering for no reason at all, then, oh, man, that leads to despair. Definitely doesn't lead to joy. Does that make sense? No, it
1: does, yeah. I think anytime you have a a purpose or a calling or something you're fighting for that's bigger than yourself, then you feel like you have something to fight for. Um, Otherwise, I mean, we have a friend right now who's kind of, in a situation where he doesn't feel like there's anything to fight for. And it's really hard. He can't find joy. Yeah. There's no joy in his life right now. Um, and there's nothing anyone outside of him can do for him. Yep. You know, it's, it's, he can't,
0: he can't see the purpose to the pain. Right. It's just pain. It's, just, pain. it's, just, it's pain. just suffering.
1: Yeah. Yep. That makes so much sense. And it's hard though, when you are amidst like the trouble and, and trauma to Find purpose if you haven't already, yeah, you know, like big time that would be a really hard thing, but that's again why you need to surround yourself with connection and authenticity and all of that like that it's kind of all together. It all
0: works together, it's right. and there's a little phrase I've said often is that it's if you can't find ways to celebrate God's faithfulness in your past, you'll never trust him with your future. Mm-hmm. And I kind of apply that to this as well. like if you can't look back and see how your pain, has served you or served other people, yeah. it's going to be hard when you're going through it in that moment to, to be able to bring your mind to a place mm-hmm. to have joy knowing that there's a purpose behind it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And the Dalai Lama he talks about in, in the documentary, he talks about um, that, of course, he experienced deep sadness in, in exile, not being in his home for 50 years, mm-hmm. but that he also says if that had not happened, that he wouldn't have had the opportunity to reach so many people and do so much good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That that event set him up uniquely. And I really believe that about pain and suffering, Mm -hmm. that it sets you up uniquely. If you can experience it, find purpose in it, it sets Mm -hmm. you up to really serve other people. Yeah. um, Extremely well in ways that you never could, if you didn't go through those difficult things. Absolutely. Yeah. I think about that with my divorce. Um, I now when I'm talking to somebody that's going through that I can I can meet them mm-hmm. in a very unique way because I know that pain. Yep. And I know what comes along with that. So it allows me to be uniquely present with them and understanding that other people who have never been through it can also be with them, but I can be uniquely present with them because I've, I've been through yeah, that. You become felt a, that. a
1: lifeline and not just a presence. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I think you can say, and I can say, going through some of the stuff we've been through, there are people who were lifelines and then there were people who were present and amazing, but the lifelines are what truly gave you the hope. You know, so it is. The pain has purpose, and sometimes it really freaking sucks when the pain is you losing your child to useless violence, and like it doesn't, Mm. it doesn't make make it make sense um, necessarily. But I think it can at least help give you hope to bringing a purpose yeah. through that pain. Which
0: yeah, I thought about that actually last week just watching the news because so many of the interviews were, were with parents that lost kids like in Columbine. Mm-hmm. And here they are all these years later. And a lot of them have nonprofits. Mm-hmm. They do media blitzes like they were doing this to, to try to mm-hmm. help people understand what parents are going through in that kind of loss. That, that's a great example of how, how could someone ever develop and maintain joy after going through something that difficult, well, they found a purpose to their pain. Right. And that's the only way.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Ugh. Heavy.
0: It is that that is heavy. But I, I think it's a great reminder that joy joy is not something I think you stumble on. Joy is something that you develop and you gotta be very intentional yep. about it. And some of my I think favorite people on the planet are people who have genuine joy I think about oh, yeah. like a Bob Goff mm-hmm. it's just you. When, when you meet someone you're around somebody that has authentic joy mm-hmm. man it's you want to spend more time around them it's yeah. life giving yeah. and I think it's it's an unbelievable gift that we can give our friends that we can give our spouses that we can give the world when we learn to develop authentic joy
1: that's good that's good so and we need it right now more than anything. So um, we do. feel free to share this one. I feel like this is just super relevant and applicable to literally everyone in the world right now. <laughs> this is not one of those that you have to have gone through something to um, really get something from. This to me just feels super relevant and uh, very practical, I think. So thank you.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I, I, I really pray it's helpful because you're right. <laughs> we need this desperately right now. Yeah. We all do.
1: And our hearts are with everyone going through anything that's super hard. Um, especially obviously the most recent circumstances in Texas and my heart is broken every day for them. So, um, but yeah. Um, so again, please feel free to share this subscribe. Um, if you have not checked out our vlog, please do so. It is on uh, YouTube with the Wilsons. That's also where this podcast is in video form if you ever listen and actually want to watch us which i maybe you don't (laughs) i don't blame you um but there is a vlog up there where we um post weekly about just things we're doing and pete also kind of in most of them kind of inserts a tiny like one minute two minute good talk through it um to just kind of show how we try to weave in the things that we talk about on this podcast into our daily lives um so we're really enjoying it i hope y'all are too
0: and that and it, it and uh Oh, I'm sorry. You're no, about to say that. No, that's another, another good, good talk. talk. But before you say that, I, I think summer too is a great time to catch up on all your favorite podcasts.
1: Yeah, because you're
0: traveling and road trips, and that's one of the reasons we try our best to keep it family friendly. Not that your kids would ever enjoy listening to this podcast, yeah. but at least they won't hear something that, like most of the time, they won't hear something that really kind of trips them up. So yeah. you can listen to it while you're on your way to your vacation, wherever you're going this summer.
1: Yep. And that
0: that was <laughs> another, another good talk. talk.